iTunes reviews, all five stars. Seriously, these are our first ones since last year, so we're super excited. We are. I didn't even know because I just quit checking and Emily told me. I was like, really? Yeah, I hadn't (laughs) checked in months. And then I thought, I wonder if we've gotten some new ones. I bet we've picked up a few new listeners. Well, I know we have because we've gotten feedback from new people. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go over those real quick. Um, The first one is from Beth. And it says, the subject is so fun. These ladies got me to watch Bates Motel through their infectious enthusiasm during the Sue Watches Buffy part of the podcast. I am immensely enjoying participating in this podcast and catching up on all the fun I missed. I'm guessing that's Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Because all of the clues, I say clues with a pun. That's that's Elizabeth's favorite movie. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, I am not following you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Anyway, all the clues point to that being Elizabeth. Yep, I agree. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Okay, two shoes, I can't can't decide. (laughs) But the review says, you know, I don't know. Actually, I do know. I like listening to these sisters. They are definitely helping my enjoyment of season three. Great podcast. Thanks, Emily and Sue. You're welcome, Two Shoes. Yep. You're welcome, and thanks for the review. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, the next one is from Ms. Stilt Walker. After refreshing... Oh, wait. Okay, subjected refreshing podcast. And she says, such a refreshing, fun podcast by two sisters that don't take themselves too seriously. That is a very true statement. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I personally love the references to 90s TV shows like Who's the Boss in 90210. <laughs> Not and... everyone liked our references to 90210. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and Sue's giggle gets me going every time. Oh, Thank you, ladies, for such an outstanding podcast. Double toot of the horn for making waves in the male-dominated podcast world. I am looking forward to checking in to the motel. MPS. I am shipping Normero, Normlex, big time. <laughs> that would be rates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we call them rates. <laughs> kind of like Normlex, though, but it kind of sounds like a cold acid or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Miss Stiltwalker. Um, a review almost gets you a room, but a comment card nails it. Yeah, and let us know if you are someone that's been commenting and we don't know it. 
because oh yeah, like don't recognize the name Stiltwalker. Right. So if you already have a room, great. If not, we'd love to check in. Yep. Okay, then it's me. Um, she says, ignore the negative stars. These girls are great. Just as far as the Americans iTunes goes, we only have one negative review. That was from Mikey, who we we talked about extensively last year. <laughs> we don't need to bring him up again. Nope. <laughs> you can go to our review page and look at his review. It was the source of a lot of amusement. Okay. Um, she says, I really like this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I avoided them because of the few negative reviews. I know, I know. However, I love them. They are sisters and have really cute back and forth banter. What I like the most is their scene-by-scene commentary of the show. Very informative and fun. Thanks, ladies. Keep up the good work, Shannon. Thanks, Shannon. Yes, thank you. So, yeah, that's exciting. Four new reviews. Yeah, we've we've been toying with doing... Oh, we, we didn't toy with it. We've decided we're going to do another contest, which we need to kind of get up and running. But we haven't talked about it. Oh, that's right. We still haven't talked about it. What we did last year for our contest is we gave you points for writing a review. We gave you points for writing in feedback and joining our Facebook page. And then for every point you got, that was like a ticket to a raffle. Right. <laughs> and we gave away some base motel merchandise, and it was really fun. Yeah. We might do that same thing this time, but I don't know. I think it'd be fun to come up with something else. Yeah. We'll we figure it out. Do that. We'll, we'll figure it out this week and announce it next week. We promise. In the meantime, if you want to leave reviews and feedback, if we do decide to go that route, it'll all count. Exactly. Well, thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you. And when we get the, uh, well, I can talk about it. Sue watches Buffy. But when we get that podcast up and going, we're going to have to ask for a lot of help with reviews again. Oh, that's right. And we count on the listeners for doing that. We're not the type to, like, call all of our friends and families and tell them to review it. No. And that goes, and you can tell by our Facebook and Twitter pages that we don't pad those either. Because <laughs> they're kind of small, but they're all genuine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every person that's liked our page has found it on their own and liked it. We haven't done any, like, trying to pad our Twitter feeds and stuff, so. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, should we just dive into the feedback? Why not? All right. So, our first comment card is from Anna. And she says, Hi, Sue and M. So, I guess my totally misguided prediction was half right. While this wasn't the mid-season episode, it was definitely a big one. Arguably the best episode Bates has ever done. The total contrast of everyone's feelings culminating in resolution while Norman's climaxed into a downfall was so intense. Dylan and Emma confessed their feelings of loneliness and found solace in each other. Norma finally let out the pain that she has been tearing that has been tearing her apart and faced her brother. And poor Norman fell off the edge of the sanity cliff. He had been so delicately balanced on. (laughs) (laughs) Even after all this freaky stuff this episode, I still want to hug the kid. I mean, he's my age, and I still want to tuck him in like a baby and make sure he's safe. (laughs) Oh, Anna, welcome to mommy bearhood. (laughs) (laughs) I am a a devout mama bear. She is. 
Uh, she says, I think the worst part of all this is that he doesn't know what's happening, and neither do Dylan and Emma. Norman doesn't know that he's dressing up as, and literally becoming Norma. That part seems to be erased from his memory after a blackout. Yet Dylan and Emma don't know that when he's laying there catatonically, he's subject to terrible hallucinations. We as viewers are the only ones who have a clear picture of Norman's psychosis, because we are the only ones who see both sides. And that makes it all the more sad. Yeah, it's, it's fun when the audience knows more than the yeah. than the characters. Yeah, it is. And he had some interesting things going on in his head in this episode. Very interesting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to put it mildly. And if if we remain true to the movie, he'll never know. Right. About being Norma. Right, right. That'll stay erased after blackouts. <laughs> we'll see, though. <laughs> yep. What the show chooses to do. Yeah, how they deal with that aspect. That'll be really interesting if they have them know. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, she goes on to say... Even sadder is the fact that Norma's betrayal is what set him off, and yet Norma has yet to notice how her son is worse than ever. Granted, she's definitely dealing with her own emotional crap right now, and she's probably been home for a grand total of five minutes, but she doesn't even know how far her son has fallen. Not only that, she has no idea that something so healing for her, for her, the confrontation and first steps toward forgiveness with Caleb, could feel like such a betrayal for her son. In Norman's mind, his mother coming back showed him that Dylan was right, that she would never betray him, and then the first thing she does is make amends with the brother who raped her. I'm scared to see what this does to Norman. Really, truly scared. Funny enough, Norman tried to talk her into letting him apologize. Just yep. saying. <laughs> Just <Yep>. saying, Norman. <laughs> you and wanted and this. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna, instead of you being scared, I think Caleb should be scared. <laughs> I think Caleb should be friend, yes. <laughs> I don't think Caleb's too long for this earth. <laughs> <laughs> and are any of us terribly sad? No, I want to oh. see it. <laughs> <laughs> that kill nice. that someone was talking about wanting to actually see happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's Sue's dream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I still don't like Caleb. I don't care about the hugging and crying. Um... Okay. It was sweet, though, but just on Norma's part. On Norma's part, yeah. Okay, she says, side note, Dylan and Emma bonding deserves an honorable mention. For two people who constantly feel on the outside to find each other is so good for both of them. I think this is a big step in their relationship, whether it turns out romantic or not. It's nice that both of them have something to bond over, even if that thing is the fact that they feel shut out of the Bates family incest brigade. <laughs> 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 this episode was so scary and emotionally draining. I'm going to go rest in room four and hope the ceilings don't explode with moths. Shutters. <laughs> hope we can all survive till next week. Anna in room four. All right. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. That was uh, a really well thought out comment card. Yeah. And I really like the thought of Dylan and Emma becoming like super close not necessarily romantic just mm -hmm. bonding really hard i think that's 
It's just a really nice idea in Emily's head. I like it too. And yeah, I would go for more just becoming really close, like brother and sister close. Not like Caleb and Norma, brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be marginally less gross. <laughs> True. <laughs> but like us and Matt close, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I just, I don't necessarily... F- I, here's my deal with Emma and Dylan. The only thing that kind of stops me about, like, shipping them is just the thought of... I don't know. It kind of just exhausts me to think about what would happen to Norman if it happened. Exactly. <laughs> just, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not either. I don't want to see the... It would really... He would be really immature about it. He would, and I don't know. There's something about that that just turns me off. Yeah, I would rather see Dylan and Norman get along. I like those two together. Yes, yes. I don't want to see something come between them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something I didn't quite consider when I was thinking of it. I just knew I didn't like the thought. Yeah. And it's if that element wasn't there at all, which it will be, if it wasn't there at all, I'd have no problem totally shipping them 100% backed, you know, by Emily. Little yes. stamp of my approval. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. But, yeah, no, I, I don't want to say You like the idea of them just being super close. Very cute. That sounds very cute. Same. All right. We have a comment card from Harold. He says... It took me until now to realize that the Dylan and Emma shipper name is pronounced Die, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too. And I like the dilemma. Yep. <laughs> they both work really well. <laughs> die, Emma. Both work and both ominous. Yep. Okay. Next time Dylan agrees to whack Emma's chest, he should probably make sure that his back isn't to the door. <laughs> You're expecting a big charge from Norman. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I totally did. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) Um, Norma hurriedly trading in her car as a callback to the original movie. Totally thought of that. I did too. I think we all recognize the other callback. After I read that, I like stressed for like five minutes. Do I recognize it? Am I a total idiot? (laughs) Then I decided he's probably talking about her checking into a hotel. (laughs) Right? Oh, I didn't even think of that one. I was just thinking just Norman dressing up as her. Oh. But probably checking into a hotel. You're right. In the rain. Which one is it? Which one is it? Oh, it was in the rain. Yeah. See, we didn't really. Thank you for pointing (laughs) out. We all recognize. Oh, of course we did. <laughs> Again, my brain was going, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. <laughs> oh, it could even be something completely different. <laughs> oh, I told you it's checking into the hotel. Oh, man. Because there was just a guy at the desk, and I even thought, my second time around, I thought, wouldn't that be cool if they had Anthony Perkins play that guy? (laughs) The dead Anthony Perkins. Oh, he died? Yeah. 
pretty did sure. I know he, that? Yeah, I think he died. Um, I did notice that he was a young Norman Bates, though. <laughs> I mean, he was about Norman's age at the desk. Don't you like think? Norman in Bates Motel, Norman? Yeah. Yeah, he looked about the same age, and she kind of gave him a look like, you're probably normal. (laughs) (laughs) No showers. (laughs) Yes. I don't believe that was a problem, though. (laughs) Yeah, he died in 92. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was quite a while ago. I probably knew that at one point. <laughs> right. By the way, speaking about training in her car, I think this needs to be the Norma's Mercedes Memorial Podcast. I'm <laughs> super upset about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in fact, interesting enough, just this week, um, this car got a flat tire right in front of our house and they needed our help with a few things. And it was one of those very old Mercedes, like a 1980s Mercedes. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it was before the show. So I guess it was last week. It was in between last week's and this week's. Yeah. Yep. This is the Norma's Mercedes Memorial Podcast. so sad. I really am. I And I hate this new car. It's so not Norma. I'm going to die. She needs to go back. It's... I... It wouldn't surprise me if she trades it in. Because like, the Mustang is weird. like non-mom Norma. She's back to mom Norma. Right. Yeah. So. I, I could just... I see her kind of like oh, I gotta get that Mercedes back right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully we can take back our memorial podcast status. Okay. um, My favorite shot was the pan up from Norman's bed until we can can see a sandwich on a plate. (laughs) During the hiatus, I will have to work on my unified sandwich theory of psycho. (laughs) Dissertation. Dissertation. I would love... Just a giant, huge, fifty-page paper on sandwiches in the psycho. I would totally read that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> With a lot of Trump, like a room two thirty-seven. Right. Yes. <laughs> like a lot of conspiracy theories. And stuff. Yes, all of these theories about why sandwiches keep appearing. <laughs> Never mind the fact that they're just good old American food. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope, there's something else behind it. There is something else. So get on that, Harold. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Since they followed him down to the parking garage, I kind of thought something would happen to Marcus Young. Like, maybe somehow there was someone waiting for him in his back seat. (laughs) I wasn't expecting an IV drip pull through the window. (laughs) That was the best thing ever. It was awesome. (laughs) I'm predicting that within the next episode or so, Caleb will need more than a few stitches from Dylan to sew up all knife wounds that are coming his way. (laughs) 
<laughs> Harold is suggesting someone's going to kill the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think Harold is right. All right. So that's Harold's prediction within the next episode or so. Yep. Caleb gets the knife. <clears throat> I, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, yes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> mother agrees with you, Harold. So, yes. <clears throat> thanks. Okay, our next one is from Becca. She says, This episode was insane. It was strange that they kept having the time appear on screen. I guess it was to let us know that it all took place in one night. Yeah. I absolutely loved the timestamp. I liked it too. For some reason, I just. I was thrilled with it. <laughs> yep, I did too. Uh, she says, Romero, do you think he was buying Hungry Man dinners or Lean Cuisine? Gotta keep in fighting shape. You should have heard the howl I let out when he was shot. I love that Norma was the first person he called. I really did not expect him to kill that guy, but I guess it shouldn't have come as a surprise. I'm not sure how exactly that helps him with his overall situation, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I would lean more towards Hungry Man. Lean cuisine, so they don't. You got to be a woman on a diet for that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Although I, I think that they were si trying to say a lot with the subtle reference to him getting little frozen foods. I know it was kind of sad. It was very sad. Yep. But uh. Mama Bear wanted to cook him some food. <laughs> He needs a turkey pot pie. <laughs> yes, and I know just the woman who could do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this whole Marcus Young thing plays out. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she says, Emma, I liked that we saw some more stuff about her illness. I really thought that when Dylan was hitting her chest, Norman would come running out and tackle him, thinking that Dylan was hurting Emma or Norma. Glad that didn't happen. I love Dylan and Emma bonding over wanting to belong, and I was waiting for them to kiss. I will go down with the dilemma ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, Dylan, he did his best trying to handle Norman. I'm afraid I would have knocked Norman out a lot sooner when he was trashing the kitchen. <laughs> I loved most of the scenes between Dylan and Norman, especially the one where Dylan finally let himself relax and fall asleep next to Norman. Oh, no. Oh, so adorable. <laughs> and then Norma just walking in and seeing both her boys asleep in her bed. <laughs> I know. I mean, we'll talk about it, but Dylan was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Max Terrio. I mean, it's easy to get overshadowed in the acting in this episode, but just, yes, mother, you were not overshadowed in our eyes. You did. Amazing. You and were fantastic. Yep. And that's how you say his name, right? <laughs> Not Terrio. that listen to this. Terrio, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she says, Norman, that was a pretty epic tantrum he was having in the kitchen. He was like an angry five-year-old on crack. <laughs> <laughs> he totally was. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, I like that we got to see some more of his blackouts from his point of view. It's a good thing he doesn't remember most of them because he would be even more messed up the rest of the time. 
It was really sad listening to, to him talk about how Norma always leaves, and this time she's left him. His face at the end of the episode when he saw Norma hugging Caleb was scary. <laughs> All those things. Yep. Yeah, it was really sad, him talking. It it made me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says, Norma. I don't even know where to start with Norma. Part of me thinks that she really did have a mental breakdown, and the other part thinks she's just incredibly selfish. She shot her cell phone. <laughs> For someone who's always going on about being broke, she spent a lot of money. Where did it come from? The jacket she bought was really ugly. It looked like someone shaved a Yeti. <laughs> 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 I wonder if she reverted back to how she acted when she was a teenager, either intentionally or not. I think that's exactly what it was. Hmm. Um, I knew when she went to that guy's truck, it won't end well, and she's lucky that that's as far as it went. I think calling the professor was a bad idea for several reasons. Now he knows some of Norman's secrets, and she slept with him. He's just proved that he has questionable judgment and morals by doing so. What's to stop him from turning Norman in if Norma doesn't want to sleep with him again? Ooh, that's a good point. Hmm. Um, her abrupt change in the morning was jarring. I can see her being embarrassed or regretful, but that tirade about what being a parent means didn't hold much ground with me considering how she abandoned her children the night before. I was really hoping after that first flashback, we got to young Norma and Caleb that we would find out for sure what went down between them. After this episode, I'm inclined to think that Norma was not innocent in it all, at least not at first. I'm not on Caleb's side, but I sort of believe his version of the events a bit more at the moment. Yep. Um, I have a few things. I do not think she had an actual mental breakdown. I don't think so. And I'll go on in a minute about that. Um, selfish. Uh, I think she was having a. She needed uh, a break. Yeah. I you mean, know? I, I, I think you're kind of young, Becca. I'm just saying that because I don't think you're a mother. <laughs> There's a certain amount, and Sue, sorry, you're not either, but I don't want to totally discount you guys, and I have a pretty easy, nice mother life, but right. there's some emotions that can well up when you're the mom. I mean, you're the mom, and everyone seems to depend on you sometimes, and when it gets stressful, it can get really stressful, and sometimes it's it's not out of the realm of possibility or even really strange to just... Bye, you know. Yep. <laughs> I need ten minutes. No one talk to me. <laughs> you know. And it depending on your stress level and ability to handle it and your family and the demands on you, you know, the worse these snaps can be. You know, I've got okay, basically I I deal with a lot of other parents that have autistic kids because I'm on a board. I'm the vice chair of a board that supports people with those children that's just one of my little side hobbies and <laughs> um there's oh you wouldn't believe the stress involved in stuff like you know special needs yeah. children and i think we can put norman in there <laughs> in that category absolutely um there's there's stress there and it doesn't relent sometimes and you know these moms sometimes their husbands will get home from work and they'll be like I'll be back in an hour. Bye. <laughs> and they'll just, you know, wander 
Target for an hour by themselves. Sure, sure. And that is, they need to do that. Yeah, I think. Some mommy alone time. <laughs> so the way I took, I took Norma's breakdown was just that on a normal level, you know. That's exactly how I took it, too. I mean, she's a single parent dealing with a son who blacks out and murders people. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) And the worst thing she did was leave him with his adult brother. Exactly. And. Yeah, it's not like they're like seven and ten, you know. Yeah, and she bought some clothes that were unnormal-like. Right. So she could escape that. She bought a car that was unnormal-like, so she'd escape that. That's the worst. And she went to a bar and had some drinks and fell in with this hick dork. Right. I think she was just trying to, even for just one night, just completely escape her regular life. You know, I mean, she even tells the guy she's dancing with that she just ran out on her wedding. You know, I mean, I think yeah. she was just trying to just be as far away from Norma as possible just for a day, you know? Yeah. And I don't think for a second. She wasn't planning to go back there. It's somewhere so. in her, you know? No, I don't think so. That was not. She can abandon husbands and her family that was abusive, but she will never abandon Norman. Right. And Dylan's I don't think she right. would Dylan either, you know? Mm-mm. No. So, yeah, I don't think it was selfish. I think she just needed to go because I think she was afraid that if she stayed, she would do something terrible. So she was right. doing them a favor, too, by leaving. Absolutely. I, I totally you know. support her. Yep, I do <laughs> Except too. for the Mercedes trade, and that was not cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> okay, so then she says, Caleb, I have a theory that the reason he's so emotional and desperate to apologize to Norma is that he's dying. Here's hoping. <laughs> That's an interesting theory. It is an interesting theory. Yep. The, yeah. I happen to believe that he's just obsessed with her. I think so, too, and, you know, their mother, we don't know how close he was with his mom, you know, and she just passed away, so he's probably just feeling kind of lost, maybe. Yeah, that could have really been the big catalyst. It could have been. So. um, And then she says, chick, not enough chick, but is there ever? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to be in every scene. He's my poochie. <laughs> Where's Chick? <laughs> okay. I feel like they come up with Chick's wardrobe by going through the cars in the employee parking lot. <laughs> Seven hoodies and a pair of cargo shorts. We can work with that. <laughs> Throw in an inverted baseball cap and we have a winner. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. That was funny. <laughs> Don't forget the... Very long scarf he was wearing as well. I didn't notice the scarf. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think we're getting into blizzard status now. Yeah, it's really coming down. That's crazy. We're having the biggest snowstorm we've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> April. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, it's huge flakes. Do you have huge flakes? No, we did a few minutes ago, so they must have come your way. Now it's just like that sideways, small flakes, like wind blowing. So, mm. yeah. yeah, we seem to be about 15 minutes behind you, maybe 20. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, we had a comment card from Matt A. 
He says, so nothing happened in this episode. (laughs) I think he was being sarcastic. One, I immediately recognized the car salesman from the two Darren Morgan episodes of Millennium, wherein he played a self-sophist and broadcast standards and practices. Unacceptable. If you are going to show a pile of dung, it must be dry dung, not moist. Why? Because I am a broadcast standards practices, and I bear the burden of maintaining a nation's morality on my very shoulders. That was a bunch of... I have no idea what he's talking about. That was just a whole paragraph of references. I don't know. Me neither. (laughs) I haven't watched Millennium. (laughs) So is that the show, Millennium? I guess so. Darren Morgan was maybe a character. That's what I'm guessing. I'm sure... Some Someone that listened got that. <laughs> yep, but not us. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Two. The episode of Bates Motel fast became a game of Matt Spots the Obscure Actor, because I also recognized former The Young and the Restless actor Wilson Bethel, Bethel as Norma, Norma's dance partner and would-be sex partner. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Obscure actor is right, or at least for us. Um, Three, what's creepier? Norman taxidermying a live bird or Hannibal preparing dinner? I haven't seen Hannibal prepare dinner. I got that one. I love watching Hannibal prepare dinner. They're awesome scenes. So you're watching Hannibal now? I've seen the first season. I haven't seen the Mm. second one yet. <laughs> um. So, what's creepier? Mm, I'm gonna say Hannibal. I'm I'm guessing it would be Hannibal too. I haven't seen it yet. Because sometimes you think that it's meat, and sometimes you're like, "That's a person." <laughs> <laughs> Says, P.S. I don't think there is a verb form of taxidermy, which is a shame. Maybe. I would say it'd be stuffing. No. Yeah. I think that's what a taxidermist would use as their verb in that situation. Taxidermine works fine, though, for our purposes. <laughs> yep. But <clears throat> not sure you can conjugate it that way, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Four, Norman's state is not a canatonic, poor distress Norman stare. It's a freaky, that is a man that tortures puppies stare. It doesn't disturb our Emma, though. She just dozes right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a puppy torture stare. Yeah. It would freak me the hell out if it was my boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. I would run so far away. Yes. <laughs> Emma's a good, nice girl, man. Yeah. She just really likes their family. (laughs) Okay, number five, Emma, human bongo drum. (laughs) (laughs) Six. Oh, I see Romero is up and around despite being shot hours earlier. Good for him. Asterisk. 
Did he just straight up murder that guy? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, that guy awesome. deserved it so much. <laughs> I know, I hate him. I was excited. If I was a fist pumping kind of person, I would have fist pumped. Um, I only fist pumped that one time I when I got my Sue watches Buffy right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Seven. I was about to have a ton of respect for bearded professor dude for not sleeping with Norma while she was hysterical and vulnerable. Then he goes ahead and sleeps with her. Gross. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Although I guess we don't know for sure, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume. Eight. Granted, we didn't see Norman getting full-on dolled up, but he was wearing Norma's robe and assuming her persona. I'm feeling a bit vindicated here and deserving of many, many muffins. Apple cinnamon this time, please. (laughs) (laughs) Now, again, I feel the need to say we were on board with him dressing as a woman. We were not on board with it being like a teen dress-up sequence in a movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) For our first Norman is dressing up. That is all we weren't on board. You could still get the mini muffins. I think we also said he's not quite there yet. So I'm going to give Matt some of his vindication. I guess. He can have a little. I'm going to allow for it. But my mostly not there yet, I feel like, was more to the way they did it. Right. And that they just wouldn't do that and then show it's Norman. Right. Right. Maybe in a couple seasons. Right. (laughs) Maybe next season. We want to see it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Front row seats for us. (laughs) But whether we were there yet for the show, for having it be like a, like I said, like a teen movie sequence, no, but you get a little vindication if that makes you feel better. And a lot of mini muffins. Yes. We'll have Chick bring them over. Yes. Should we have Chick bake them? <laughs> <laughs> I would leave that up to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> little cut up pieces of board jerky (laughs) (laughs) apple cinnamon board jerky muffins I was Uh, thinking more what Chick would add to the butter (laughs) the butter weed when you make pot brownies you add it to the butter (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh that's I just know <laughs> I'm sure there's other ways to do it too. Time to think about how you would add the pot to your brownies mix <laughs> in the butter. Got it. Okay. Nine. Don't ask any questions right now. Dylan, you were on point this episode. 
I love that too. I did too. Why does she have this car? Don't ask any questions. Really. <laughs> Something tells me just don't. Shh. <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome. <laughs> Way awesomer than I'm not than I'm kinda sure it was meant to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And during the last scene, when Caleb was sobbing and Norma was holding him, I burst out laughing and couldn't stop. I imagine Caleb saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, then leaning in for a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) You might be the only one that laughed during that. (laughs) I kind of laughed at the very last shot that shows kind of a motorboat position. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that, but I didn't think of that. (laughs) Funny. Um, and this was a pretty intense episode in what has been a barn burner of a season so far i like that it was a barn it has been a barn burner it's been awesome i'm absolutely loving it and your podcast too of course you guys keep me smiling no urgent news to report from the bnb except i'm organizing a board game night you're both invited but please don't tell the weirdos at the motel at the motel (laughs) Is he talking about Iggy and Legata? <laughs> no, he's talking about he's in the BNB. He's talking about the people at the motel, like Harold oh. and Anna. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's a BNB party. It's a BNB board game party, and I'm in. I'm totally in. We love board games. Can we play Settlers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally up for a brownie eaten Settlers of Catan marathon night. <laughs> Oh, good times. Okay. Right, Matt. <laughs> right. um, Matt from the Arizona Territories. <clears throat> Thank you, Matt. Yep. And these two we got while we were reading the feedbacks. So you guys made it in on time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, we got one from Elizabeth. And the title. (laughs) (laughs) What is. Oh, and the title of her episode is Romero, or her comic card is Romero being a badass in a hospital gown is everything. (laughs) It is everything. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) I even tweeted him about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says, ladies. There's not much going on at the Arcanum Club. I tried phoning the Bates Motel, but the line just keeps ringing and ringing. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) So we've had a few dramas. (laughs) There's been some stuff going on. (laughs) We'll be back to normal next week. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, She says, I'm actually in Canada traveling for work, so I am trying to squeeze this in. Fortunately, I was able to watch the episode on my iPad last night. Here are some random thoughts while watching. Oh, Norma, love of my life, you are so cute when you overreact. Why turn off a cell phone when you can shoot it multiple times with a handgun? (laughs) (laughs) There's a little button on the top of iPhones. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You can turn it off. I'll Uh, save you a few hundred bucks. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Tomorrow. Norma's new outfit is supposed to be basically the opposite of what she normally wears, or is she dressing the way she feels about herself when she starts thinking of her past in Caleb? Hmm, a little from column A and a little from column B. I agree. Yep. 
because I think the way she's dressing now is probably a calculated opposite of how she maybe grew up. Right. Or as a teenager. I don't know. I think she just wanted something new and something she doesn't normally wear. And she said, skin of Yeti. Yes. <laughs> do nicely. <laughs> uh, she says, are Emma, are Dylan and Emma going to become a thing this season? Hopefully just a good friend thing. Mm. Um, she says, yes, 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 Romero. Yes, best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> she says, boring professor is boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring professor (laughs) (laughs) I do I'm going to call him that from now on we haven't come up with little nicknames for everybody this season oh yeah that's true we're going with boring professor done chick needs no nickname nope (laughs) (laughs) you just can't get better than the name chick for him nope She says, oh my god, so much in one episode. I didn't even realize what was happening when Norman, with Norman for a few seconds. This is amazing. You um, know, I didn't either. I just thought he was just getting a little manic in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, really? It didn't take too long, but yes. Yeah, I pretty much caught it right away. <laughs> Because they, like, purposely had Norma wear that same robe, like, in the last couple episodes. Oh. I think that's what she was wearing when she and Dylan were talking in the bathroom last episode. Um, Let's see. She says, Dylan is seriously the smartest thing the writers have done. He is essential as an audience surrogate, and he is just the best person. I love him. I agree. Yeah, we sang praises of Dylan and how smart he it was to have him yep. in season one. We've thought that from the beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, she says, what is going on with Chick? Seriously, what is going on? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> can't help you there. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I still don't care about Caleb. Sorry. Oh, no need to apologize. I, no. I don't care about him at all. Uh, she says, wow, that was something. I'm going to have to watch this again. Screw off. <laughs> uh, thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Glad that you were able to get that in. Yep. Wonder where you are in Canada. If you're in Vancouver, you should go past the set for us. Canada's a big place, though. It is. You know, as good a chance as any, she's in Vancouver. When it comes to Canada. True. It's a pretty happening place. Lots going on. Alrighty. Then we got one in from Iggy. She says, after watching this episode, all I could think about is how many things got destroyed or died. Here is my list of rest in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace to Norman after getting knocked the F out. Hashtag being cray isn't easy. (laughs) Um, RIP to the iPhone 6. Could have been a 4S. 
Sheriff Romero, drive by. Luckily, he, we don't have to do an RIP for Romero. <laughs> um, question, what's in Portland, Oregon? Norma. <laughs> Norma. I think she just wanted to get away. And a hick bar. Yeah. We got those things in there. Yeah, I'm sure Portland was the biggest town closest to the white pine. Um, rip black flower dress. Hello, Mama Vixen. Really? LOL. <laughs> Goodbye, Benzo. Hello, Room Room Mustang Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, hmm. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it, oh, this is asterisk. I find it pretty cool that even in this blackout state, he did not attack Emma. Yep, because he's the little pet he's going to stuff and pet at night. <laughs> she is. Um, Caleb looks so depressed, and then it hit me. He is high, just like Dylan, and they are so emotional under the influence in the weed farm. Chick is an imagination. He is a hallucination. Yeah, we're loving that theory. I know. <laughs> There's like some super weed causes, they've been growing. That causes hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And they both hallucinate Chick. <laughs> oh. I like it. The strain of this weed will be coming in the next episode. <laughs> we'll have to think of a name for it. Because <laughs> I didn't finish my list, but I do want to say that Norman acting as Norma was fantastic. Poor Dylan was tripped out. I read that Freddie H. sat down with Vera and listened to her read the lines to get an idea of how the real Norma would be. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. I was even thinking, wouldn't it be fun to watch Norma do that same scene? Like, Because in my head, I was like, I wonder if they recorded Norma doing that, and then Freddie just kind of mimicked her, you know? Yeah, it sounds like there was a Q&A with Freddie on Facebook, and I didn't get to all of it, but I did see a little of that, and um, he had her do it. Or just read the lines. I don't know if she acted it out as much as just read the lines. I just love it because we even said in a couple of episodes back, I, I wonder if Freddie Highmore is like practicing his yeah. Farmiga. <laughs> and he said he found out at the beginning of the season that this was happening. So he's been really studying her this season, he, you know, when they were recording the first He episode. did great because so many of the little mannerisms and just like her deliberate, I don't know, he he did a great job. He did, yeah. And, you know, Dylan was tripped out, but, you know, the character handled it really well. Oh. Yeah. It would seriously creep me so bad. Oh, my gosh. I seriously would run. <laughs> I would be <Yeah>. so freaked <laughs> out. <laughs> It'd be so scary. Yep. He just, yeah, he handled it. Oh, he handled good. it so well. And he even laid next to him and fell asleep. <laughs> cute. Uh, <clears throat> the ending with Norman and Caleb was powerful, and it looks like Caleb better go on his way to wherever imaginary chick tells him to go. <laughs> 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 or 
he's gonna get it. Norman was in a silent rage. Applause. Your resident B and B guest Iggy. <laughs> Imaginary chick. <laughs> I just love that idea. I do too, and I love the thought of them both starting to talk about chick to Norma and having her be like, seriously guys. <laughs> Don't you see him? <laughs> Oh, that makes me laugh. It's <laughs> funny. All right. Well, thanks for all the feedback, everyone. Yes. Thank you very much. Always appreciate the feedback. Yep. It's always a good time. Yes, it is. And it's just fun, as always, to just hear everyone's ideas. And we, I love our listeners. We have very funny listeners. Yeah, we got great listeners. Yeah. So, we open with Norman and Dylan in the kitchen. The time, 6.24 p.m. shows on the screen. Oh, I was hoping you were going to add them all. Did you add I them? think I got all of them. Sweet. Norman is trashing the kitchen, throwing dishes and screaming to Dylan to get her back, and she has never left me. Dylan says she will be back. Norman says, no, she hates me. She's never coming back, and it's all your fault. Norman walks up to Dylan and starts hitting him. Dylan yells, it's not his fault, and punches Norman and knocks him out. <laughs> now he punches and knocks him out, and he's like, oh, shoot. Like, I know. <laughs> maybe I put a little more... <laughs> more power behind that. Yeah, than yeah. I felt like. Or not felt like, but <laughs> wanted to. Yeah, I... Like, after we recorded the last one and before this episode aired, I was thinking about it a lot and thinking, you know, I wonder if Norman and Norma have really ever been apart besides Norman during the day at school and, and things like that. And I was like, I wonder if this is the first time they've actually really just been separated, you know? Yeah, interesting. And maybe yeah, he kind of says it, you know? He says that she's never left me, you know. Right. And, you know, this has been coming on for a few episodes. He's been worried about their relationship right. and about his, he knows, you know, in his state of mind and probably secretly worrying what that might do, if that might make her leave. He's probably secretly been worried about this. Right. And so when it happens, he's just kind of not exactly vindicated, but his worst fears he feels a realize, so he's like, yep, she's gone. Exactly. Well, especially since and the scene comes a little bit later, but she has a history of just leaving. Right. And never coming back, you know? So I think he's just terrified of that. Okay, so next we see Norma driving and crying. Her phone rings, and it's Dylan. Norma pulls over, and we can hear her phone ding that Dylan has left a voicemail. She looks at her phone, and it says it's 631, and we can see that Dylan has also sent three text messages. And I paused it. Um, the first one says, Norma, please call me, please. Second one says, Norman is freaking out, and I need your help. And the third one says, Norma, I'm so sorry. Please come back. She gets out of her car and throws the phone down and takes the gun out of her pocket, and she shoots the phone three times and drives off. <laughs> I find it endlessly entertaining that it was a phone we see Norma. <laughs> I know. At first, I was kind of disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't Caleb on the other end. But then when it was a phone, it just made me laugh. <laughs> I just thought 
not the scene we've been seeing in the trailers. I know we've seen it <laughs> like just been going. Oh, who's she killing? Who is she Caleb? shooting? <laughs> the phone. <laughs> That's so Norma. I know. Love it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so next we see Romero at the grocery store buying some frozen dinners. Me. Poor Romero. I hope. I hope there are at least Marie Callender ones. <laughs> I buy those for my daughter sometimes. <laughs> and they're not too bad. A car follows him while he walks to his truck. He moves the door and someone from the car shoots at him. Oh, he opens the door. <clears throat> he shoots back. They drive off and we see that Romero has been shot and he falls to the ground. Oh, man, this took me super by surprise. This is one of those scenes that you kind of expect you'll get spoiled on if you even mm-hmm. are on Twitter or, you know, right. read any articles you think. Uh, this is just one of those things you're going to come across, but uh, it just totally took me by surprise. It did me, too. In fact, I, so my first viewing of it, I noticed the the bullet hole in his jacket. Oh yeah, in his back, and the first thing that went to my head was, "Wow, Nomero's been shot before." (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think he'd been shot this time, (laughs) because he just usually there's a reaction. You can tell that someone's been shot, but he just, man, he just grabs his gun and shoots. You know, I don't know. I was thinking that it's like he didn't even know he got shot till he looked at it, and then he like immediately falls to the ground, and I'm like, what? I know, I know, because just the way he reacted, I was like, wow, he's been shot before, and he still wears the jacket with the bullet hole, and that's pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) My little brain didn't put it together (laughs) that he just got shot. (laughs) You, it said, shh. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a bullet hole in his jacket? Next, we see Norma driving in a city. The time says it's 8.45 p.m. in Portland. She parks and watches a young couple kiss, then a mom walking with her daughter, and she cries a little. Then she sees a clothing store and goes in. She grabs some things off the rack and goes to the fitting room. Mm. A worker says she can only take three items in with her, and Norma says, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those things that you picture the script to say, really, and then you watch Vera Farmiga deliver that And it's like the best really in the world. It is. <laughs> she looks just crazy. The worker's like, okay. Well, I'm just pretty step sure. Away. I'm pretty sure she only had four things with her. And I think that's what was like killing her too. Right. <laughs> really? <laughs> the worker says it's fine. No one else is there. And she looks kind of scared. <laughs> I'd say appropriately so. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bug that lady. Um, (laughs) So it cuts to Dylan leaving another voicemail. He tells her she needs to come back. Norman is losing it. Uh, Dylan walks to Norman's room and Norman says she's not coming back. Dylan says she's your mother. She has to come back. Norman says this is what she does. She leaves just like when she left Arizona and didn't tell you. Just like all those times we moved when we were little. 
just like when she left her home and never talked to her parents. Only now she is leaving us, too. Dylan says, no, you're different. She is not going to leave you. Norman says, you don't know her like I do. Dylan says, it's going to be okay. She's just mad. She'll calm down. Norman says, I feel strange, like I'm outside my body. Dylan says it's probably from being knocked out, and he apologizes for hitting him. Then we hear the front door open, and a female yell, hello, and it's Emma. Dylan comes to the top of the stairs, and Emma asks what's going on. Dylan tells her he told Norma that his uncle was in town, and Norman tried to back him up, and Norma wigged out on a whole new level and left. <laughs> I just love that, wigged out on a whole new level. <laughs> I know, I, I, I wasn't there yet, but... <laughs> If I would have been on Twitter, I would have um, retweeted that because that's a funny line. It just was like, just when you thought you couldn't wake on a whole other level, she does. <laughs> she does. <laughs> and we love her for it. <laughs> we love her wings out. <laughs> um, he says she has never left Norman before. Emma offers to stay the night and help. Dylan is worried about her breathing. She says she'll be fine. She can breathe there just like she can breathe at home. And he doesn't need to be alone through all this. You know, I'm totally incensed for Emma. She just said, I have an extra oxygen tank in the office. So I'll go get it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That just, I just got a little incensed for her. Yeah, it's probably pretty annoying when you're the one that lives with it and other people are like, I don't know. Is that okay? It's like, <laughs> she knows. but i on the other hand i loved that dylan didn't just blow her off like norma would have right right i think he was like yes please stay (laughs) (laughs) this is what's going on and it's scary (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna get a lot scarier but i don't know that yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we love the clothing scene of course um. Yeah. Pretty cool, Norman and Dylan conversation. But I guess we already talked about. It. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, we did kind of discuss it, but I just, <clears throat> I mean, this really is just what what like separates him into like dressing up like Norma now is this literal separation of the two. It's very interesting. And just how terrified he is that he'll never see her again. I know. It's really, really sad. It really is. And he's kind of like so calm about it. I, it's He's just kind of having like a for the night, a rare lucid moment. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's just always wondered if that will eventually happen because that has been her M.O., you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing. Um, okay. So next we see Romero wake up in the hospital. A nurse is there. She tells him he was shot. He's going to live. He insists on getting his cell phone. The nurse says she can make a call for him. He says, no, I need my damn phone and I want you to go away. Now give me my phone. <laughs> The nurse gets his phone and leaves. Romero calls Norma and leaves a voicemail telling her that he has been shot and she needs to be careful. She is in danger and to call him. Oh, boy. Loved that he calls Norma. 
I know. I love it so much. First thing he does instead of like calling his deputies or something, you know? Yeah, which honestly, I totally expected that. I did too. I did too. So I was very pleased. (laughs) Yep. And I love that he tells the nurse to go away. (laughs) (laughs) When he walked into the restaurant, when Bob Paris and Marcus were having lunch, he. Like, have you met Marcus? Yes. Now he can leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think my favorite tweet of the night. It was someone that said, um, "Oh my lands!" Yesterday, Freddie did that. Um, he'll answer your questions, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, he's not on Twitter, and Vera has talked about how upset she is at him for not being on Twitter. <laughs> but anyway, you did the hashtag Ask Freddy, and she did one for your Farmiga hashtag Ask Freddy, and it says, Freddy, you forgot your spare contacts and axe deodorant at our house. Shall I send them? <laughs> kiss, kiss, V. <laughs> That's just the greatest. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, I can't find the tweet, but someone said, um, Romero called Norma first after he was shot, and then she wrote in all caps, Get together! (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was cute. That's funny. Okay. So we all breathe a sigh of relief that Romero's okay. Oh, yes. And then we all, all hearts, our hearts all flutter when he calls Norma. Was that just me? Nope. I was I was pretty happy about it too, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then next we see Norma walk out of the fitting room wearing the new clothes. She pays for them and walks to her car and we see that Bob Paris's guy is in the car watching her and he follows her. She drives to a car dealership and drives right in onto the showroom floor as Talisman comes out. And she says she wants a new car. He points out the damage on her car. And she says, look, I just want to trade in my car. Like now. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that she drives right up onto the showroom floor. It's awesome. Oh, and uh, was it Becca that asked where she got all the money? Yes, I think so. It's credit cards. Yes. thinking credit cards i'm sure she you know they're the hotel's not doing great but she still has a line of credit she's not all maxed out yet right right and you know romero gave her all that money a few episodes ago (laughs) 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 i just want to trade in my car like no (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah total psycho movie reference yep yep except she didn't pay cash Oh, actually, we don't see any of the exchange. We see her write down what she paid for the car. We do? Remember we were laughing about that in the motel scene in Psycho? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She has to write down, like, how much she spent and subtract it. That's right, because the math was, like, really easy. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. All right, so next we see Norma drive up to a motel in a red Mustang. She goes in the office and gets a room. She goes to her room and lies down on the bed, and we see a flashback to her as a child hiding under the porch. 
We can hear some arguing, and then a young Caleb shows up and tells her not to worry. He's just drunk and will be passing out soon, and he puts his arm around her. Then we see Norma lying on the bed again, and then we see Norman lying in his bed, and, like, he fades in as she fades out. And Norman says, Mother? <laughs> he gets out of bed and sees Emma asleep in the rocking chair. He goes to Norma's room and says, Mother, where are you? There are a bunch of moths in their room. He keeps saying, Mother, where are you? He starts swatting at the moss and the ceiling cracks, and then we see him lying in his bed, eyes open, and he is shaking. So did he never get up in the first place? I don't think so. Okay. I think this was just a, he was just hallucinating or imagining or something. What do you think, like, the moss and the ceiling cracking indicate? I don't know. Is that know. like a crack in his brain? Hmm. And <laughs> moss is it's empty. <laughs> Like when he... <laughs> it's an empty chamber that needs to be filled. <laughs> in, in cartoons. <laughs> they like open their wallet at a moth line. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> no, I, in the trailer I thought they were feathers. I did too. But they're moths. They're moths. I just wonder if, like, the ceiling is, like, a metaphor or something for, like, his brain just kind of actually splitting or something. Because. Possibly. And, you know, what I. hallucinations get weird after this, and then he dresses like Norma. They do. What came to mind, actually, in this scene was his experience in the box when all the bugs were falling in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that did bring it to mind naturally to me. I didn't even think that. Right, the cockroaches. Yeah, when he was having that experience. Right. It involved bugs. But, yeah, I think he never got up out of the bed. I think he was in the bed the whole time. Yeah, I did, too, until I really saw Emma there, and then I was like... I don't know, but yeah, I think she did just was there. Yeah. I don't know, but that would have been a good, I think right now is going on a Q&A on Twitter or something, or something called Periscope, which I don't know what that is, but that would have been a good question to ask. Right. Maybe we can ask sometime. Sure. I'd like to know what the significance of the moths was. <laughs> I think the uh, crack in the ceiling was pretty self-explanatory, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, but the moths, yeah. Okay, next we see Dylan at the farm knocking on Caleb's van. It says it is 12 a.m. Caleb opens the door. Dylan tells him Norman didn't tell Norma that he was there, but he did, and she doesn't want to talk to him, and he needs to leave. Caleb says it's okay, he'll leave. Dylan says he's sorry, and he is crying and leaves, and Caleb, it cuts to Caleb in the van crying. Caleb fades out, and Norma, lying on the motel bed, fades in. Norma gets up, grabs her purse, and leaves. I loved that Dylan took the time at midnight to go up and tell Caleb he needs to go. Me too. That seems so desperate and loving towards his mom that he would do that. 
yep. right away like that. Yep. I don't know. The gesture said a lot to me. It did. It. Yeah, I was a little annoyed how upset Dylan was to tell him to leave. You know? No, I wasn't, because he's... I mean, he's obviously invested enough in Caleb that he risked asking his mom to apologize. I mean, to right. listen to his apology. So, you know, it's... You know, we've we've talked about it that we think that the relationship with Norma means more, and now we know for sure it does because right. he's willing to tell his dad to go away. Yeah. So yeah, he is basically telling his dad to leave and never come back. I guess that is upsetting, even if your dad is your uncle and raped mm-hmm. your mom. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is for Dylan now. We've talked it out, Dylan. Yeah. Feel something there. I think he just naturally does because he's he's craved family right. for so long. Right. So. And if it's a dunkle or funkle. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this director likes to do the one person fades in while the other one fades out. Yeah. It's happened twice now. And I like how Norma tried to just lay on the bed, but she's like, nope. <laughs> I gotta go somewhere. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> thinky. Too much thinky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so next we see Norma drinking at a bar. The guy next to her says she looks like she is about to cry. Norma says, if that is a pickup line, it's a bad one. <laughs> he says it wasn't. She just looked like she was going to cry. Norma says, well, maybe you're just projecting that and you're going to start to cry. <laughs> I know. He says it wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last. Now that was his pickup line. Yeah. He introduces himself as Taylor. She says she is Norma Louise Calhoun. So we get a maiden name. Uh Um, Next we see them slow dancing. She tells him she ran out on her wedding that day. She says he was a nice guy, but she has a problem with commitment. She doesn't get it. He asks if she has been married before. She says once, but he had a problem mentally, and they couldn't stay together, so she killed him. (laughs) Did you notice that both those things were, like, putting herself in Norman's place? I'll explain. (laughs) Yeah, not the wedding day. But she essentially ran out on her partner. Right. That day wasn't a wedding day, but it was um, almost just as big. Right. And, you know, we it's not a big stretch to, you know, to put Norman in a boyfriend position. <laughs> nope. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then, um, and then again, well, I guess it's a little different, but. It, they both seemed kind of Norman references. Right, right. Well, the killing, definitely. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't she know. I was just having deep way. thoughts while I watched. She... <laughs> well, she's definitely just trying to put herself as far from what's going on at home as she can. and Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. 
then she laughs and says she's drunk and hasn't made sense in the last hour. He asks if she wants to go to his truck and have a smoke. She leaves with him. They sit in his truck and start kissing. Then he undoes his belt and pants. She asks what he is doing. He pushes her head down to his crotch as she fights him and spits in his face and gets up. He yells, You think it's okay to get a guy all worked up and just leave? And she says, Leave me alone. He says, You're a freaking mess lady. She yells, Screw off! And then gets in her car. <laughs> I'm surprised that guy got away with just a simple screw off. I know. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen worse. <laughs> from a guy bumping into her. Yes. <laughs> he got it worse from this freak. Oh, oh, this guy. What an idiot. Such an idiot. I mean, yeah, he, he just made the wrong move. Oh. And then, like, puts it on her. It's like, you were, like, trying to force her. In oral sex, who does that? You know, and I, I'm I know the situation's not super romantic, but the thought of I, just like, well, I'm gonna do my belt now. I know it's like that's what you jump to. I mean, that is so trashy. If he hadn't have done that, she probably would have slept with him. Yes, you know. And then when she asks what he's doing, he pushes. What does he think's gonna happen? I know. He's and then be he like, like, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. You want that? (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, you think it's okay to get a guy on with Jeff's like, dude, if you hadn't done that, she would have slept with you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What an idiot. And no means no, guy. No means no. Right. Right. (sighs) worst all right so next we see norman in the fruit cellar and classical music's playing he's cutting open a bird and it suddenly comes to life then juno comes running down the stairs barking norman tells juno to stop barking he's scaring the bird norman is trying to get a hold of the bird juno comes running up to him the bird seems dead again and norman stares at it and then lays his head next to the bird looking at it so, like, are we supposed to put something together with the stuffed animals being back to life? I am wondering this. I Are they trying to tell us that, like, Norman thinks of these animals as alive? Hmm. I feel like there's another show in this show this time that's, like, for smarter people than me. <laughs> Like, what are they trying to tell us here? Are they saying, like, even the Norman in the movie, does he, like, picture her walking around and stuff? I kind of think so. I really kind of do. Because in the movie, he really honestly believes she's alive, so wouldn't he? I guess so. I guess so. I just never really thought of it until, you know, when the bird came to life, I was like, whoa, that bird wasn't dead. The poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then Juno comes running down the stairs and I was like, what the bip? (laughs) What? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I think you're right. I think it must just be trying to get us to see how he looks at. I don't know. Like I said, do we have any listeners that are like yeah. <laughs> smarter than us? Please tell us. Yeah. What do you guys think? What were they telling us here? That I think we should bring it up on the Facebook page and see what people think. Because this is a very interesting thing. That and, and they're not just messing with us. They're trying to tell us something. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, yeah. I mean... I, it's hard for me to believe that when Norman goes like into his bedroom and starts petting stuffed Juno, that he's actually picturing Juno alive, though, right? Or is he? Mm, I don't. Or does he have to be in a like a trancy, fugy state to see this? I don't know. It's weird. I would guess on a very light level. He pictured, you know, that first season when he made Juno, he was very strange about it. He was. And he had it with him, kind of like, you know, my nine-year-old, and, you know, maybe when she was more like seven and eight, would have her little stuffed animals and really think of them as alive. <laughs> I did that when I was a kid, too. I, I would go arrange my stuffed animals and stuff if I thought one looked like it was, like, alone. I would put it. I really, what's the word, like anthropomorphized? Is that the word? Yeah, and Scout does that too, but I know that there's a level in her brain that knows they're not. Right. But, you know, and I think Norman did that too with Juno, but maybe, you know, things are changing. Well, I remember Norman said when Juno got hit and he scoops her up and then says that he wants to take Juno to Emma's dad, he says something like he can make her better or he can fix her. or. Oh, really? He says something like that because Norma just is like, okay, honey, we'll go, you know. Um, yeah, he says something like that, like he, Emma's dad can fix her or make her better or something. So I don't know. This is – I really like it. It's It just – through me though i just can't yeah. believe it when juno came running down the stairs barking yeah and the bird and yeah i want to see more of this i want this explained someone explain it <laughs> <laughs> and it, does that is that the moths too now is that something with the moths too then like i don't know i don't know yeah anyway Right in if you have any theories, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next is a shot from outside the Bates house. The time says 2.12 a.m. We can hear Dylan say, Norman. Cuts to Norman sitting in the fruit cellar staring, and Emma and Dylan are down there trying to talk to him. Emma waves her hand in front of his face. Emma says she has never seen him like this and Dylan and asks Dylan what they should do. Dylan says he doesn't know. Emma asks if they should call an ambulance. Dylan tells her no, it's happened before. They need to wait it out. Okay, so this time he, he really did go down there. Was there a bird on the table? I don't remember seeing one or th- even seeing the table. I think there was. Hmm. Yeah, so this time he did. This wasn't him laying in bed because... 
Emma and Dylan are there. So this time he did get up and go down to the fruit cellar and have a weird hallucination. <laughs> um, so next we see Norma at a payphone. She calls the professor, oh, the boring professor, <laughs> and tells him she doesn't have anywhere to go and doesn't want to be alone and asks if she can come over. He asks what is going on and she says she is having some sort of breakdown. He tells her to come over. Um, and then we see Dylan and Emma walking Norman up the stairs. He keeps saying, I want my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I just was watching all their faces and I'm like, I wonder how many takes this took. Cause <laughs> there had to have been some giggling. <laughs> <laughs> there just had to have been. <laughs> Um, Emma says, let's put him in your mom's room. Maybe he'll feel safer. They put Norman to bed in Norma's bed, and Emma starts coughing pretty bad, and she leaves the room. Dylan walks up to her and says he feels bad she stayed. She asks Dylan if he can bang on her chest. There's a bunch of stuff in her lungs that needs to get knocked out. They go into the bathroom, and she lays down and shows him what to do. He starts pounding on her chest, and she starts coughing up a bunch of stuff. She apologizes and says she will clean it up. He says he never should have let her stay. She says she wanted to. He has no idea how much his family means to her. She says she wants to be part of it, but never is. Dylan says he understands. Emma says, you too? And they stare at each other for a minute. That was a great scene. It was. It was. I loved Dylan's awkward tapping her chest. I know, and she's like, do it harder. <laughs> and yeah. I, I liked her amused look when he starts doing I don't know. It was a, just great. It was. It was a great. I could have done without the pool of phlegm on the floor. Yeah, it was gross. That was kind of gross. But poor Emma. That's what she has to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we are we all kind of expected Norma to come barging in. <laughs> <laughs> but so glad he didn't. Yeah, me too. I just don't, I don't want Norman included at all in my little... Dilemma. <laughs> when it comes to Norman, shh. <laughs> what about Norman? Shh. <laughs> what would Norman say? Shh. <laughs> um, next, we see Norma ringing the professor's door. He answers and she says, Hi, how's it going? <laughs> he says, This is highly unusual. She says, welcome to my world, and goes in. Then we see Bob Paris's guy sitting in his car watching them. So why is he just watching her? I don't know. I, I guess, well, they're not killing her or trying to kill her because of her threat to Bob about how someone else knows and she's got the chip. Yeah, I really think. So that worked a little bit? I think so. <laughs> I really think she kind of rattled Bob <laughs> in the negotiations. and. He has just put someone on her. Like, you follow this woman. I think they're just trying to figure out what she does, who she knows, who she might give the chip to. Or, you know, I think they're just kind of just doing like a PI thing, just following her to try and get a clue. I couldn't help thinking how fun it'd be to, instead of Emma's diary this week, to have that guy's diary. <laughs> 
following normal life. <laughs> he's he's seen some little Norma adventures. <laughs> yes. It just makes me wonder if they're gonna like kill this professor guy. Professor boring. <laughs> boring professor. Like if they think you know, maybe Yeah, maybe. I think that now. (laughs) Maybe he's the one that, I don't know. We've got four more, and I just can't wait. They're just going to be so great. (laughs) I know. This episode, man. They are just killing it this season. Just, it's fantastic. Every single one of them has just been so good. There hasn't been a clunker. Hmm. Okay, so next we see Marcus Young in Romero's hospital room. He pours himself some water and says to relax. He isn't there to finish the job. Oh, can we just call Marcus Young? Douchebag of the year. Yes. Oh. He pours himself some water. I know. I kept uh, thinking he'd give it to Romero and then he sips There's it. a split second. It looks like he's just about to hand it to Romero uh-huh. and then he just drinks it himself. And I'm like, I hate you. Yes. You're a horrible, <laughs> horrible person. Um, so he says to relax, he isn't there to finish the job. Romero asks what he wants. Marcus says he's there to talk about the club. Bob Paris is done with him. Romero is no good to them anymore, and they are going to kill him. Marcus says he should have gotten the flash drive from that woman. Romero says thanks for the tip. Marcus says he thinks it's a waste to kill him. He said, he, <laughs> Romero said, you try and get the flash drive from that yeah, woman. Really. <laughs> have you met Norma Bates? <laughs> <laughs> Romero says thanks for the tip. Marcus says he thinks it's a waste to kill him. He says he's going to be sheriff. That's a done deal. But Romero knows the town. He could use a guy like Romero. He can handle Bob. He just needs to know Romero's working for him. Romero says he'll think about it. So he ups his douche factor about yeah. 10 notches. <laughs> no doubt. It's like, well, I'm going to take your job, but I could really use you. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Like, what is he really doing here? I don't know. I mean, do you think he was honestly, honestly, like, offering Romero, like, to be, like, his deputy or something? I mean. I don't know. This guy is the worst. I know. Um, A nurse comes in saying and says the visiting hours are over. Marcus leans in and says he'll be back the next day for an answer. And then they will proceed one way or the other. Cuts to Marcus getting in his car. Did you see? Oh, my gosh. The scene before Romero comes. He is so smug. Oh, Marcus is? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He thinks he won. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I rule. Man. He's like, nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes the next part so bad. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly something smashes through his window and it's Romero and his IV drips down. (laughs) Romero punches him. (laughs) He punches him, grabs his gun and shoots him. (laughs) I love 
have any issues with his own gun. I know. <laughs> and Romero runs around the car, puts Marcus in the passenger seat, and then gets in the driver's seat and takes off. The second time I watched this, I thought, boy, Romero's lucky they didn't take his pants off. <laughs> I know. I was like, we, we would have gotten a bum shot. <laughs> Those hospital gowns are... <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no way he had time to put his shoes and pants on. Right, right. So they must have just taken his shirt off when they took care of him at the hospital and put yep. that gown on as a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man, I can't believe Romero just shot him. <laughs> he totally did. It's so amazing. Oh, oh that man, was that was the he best. He is the best. He he is no Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> Why Paul Blart? Because <laughs> I just think he's like the biggest badass sheriff ever. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I love the way he does things. I love him, and. I've just seen commercials for the Paul Blart movie, and he looks like a, an idiot. <laughs> Sheriff Romero's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was like a security guard in a mall. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I <laughs> I've only seen commercials, and I want that time back. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too, but I think it was called Paul Blart Mall Cop or something like oh, that. <laughs> I want that thing. Like... <laughs> Just when I think of an idiot cop, that was like the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> but yeah, this was, oh man. I can't wait to see what he does next. I know. And it's funny because in one of the recent spoilers, we had seen something smash through Marcus's window and neither of us knew it was Romero with an IV drip on the end. I know. <laughs> you know, that's what's so great about these previews. This is we like see something and we, you know, we talk it out and we expect something and then they just go and do something so unexpected. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. We're quite positive that Norman shoots someone. Nope, it's a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was probably something to do with the Arcanum Club that gets Marcus, you know. Yeah, well, it looked like heavy machinery, so I was, I just didn't know. It was such a quick flash. Yeah. You know? But, man. I just love that Romero's decision is just to kill him. Like, instead of, like, break the window and, like, threaten him or something, he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bust your window, hit you on the head with my thing, then I'm going to punch you, then I'm going to grab your gun and just shoot you all in about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he's so awesome. <laughs> Oh man, but I just wonder what this is going to do cuz this was the this was the guy, you know. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I know. Yep. So Okay, so next we see Norma and the professor 
he asks what happened. She says her kids want her to talk to her brother, and he was terrible when they were kids, and she doesn't want to talk to him. She tells him she doesn't know if she can go on living her life. There is so much she has to deal with every day, and she doesn't think she is dealing with any of it. He says, like what? She asks if she can be honest with him. Since he is a therapist, he won't tell anyone. He says not unless she is going to hurt herself or someone else. She tells him Norman has blackouts, and she has killed herself trying to take care of him and keep it a secret, and the idea that he would turn on her and ask her to do that. I just love how she just gets angry just telling it. Mm-hmm. And the idea that he would just turn on me. <laughs> Which is, I think, our explanation. We nailed it. I think we did, yeah. Um, the professor asks why she has to keep it a secret. He says it seems like she is making it way worse and more of a burden than it has to be. She starts crying and says, you know how my husband was in an accident? And he says, your son did it. Norma says it wasn't like that. He was defending her and he was blacked out. She called the insurance company and told him it was an accident because she didn't want them to take him away from her. That was interesting that she said insurance company instead of like, wouldn't she have called the cops first? (laughs) You would think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too. Because, like, I don't think the insurance company can make the decision to take the kid away. <laughs> no, it just seemed like she was bringing to mind the fact that she got a bunch of money out of it. Right, right. Whether that was for our benefit or for the professors. Right. I don't know. But it seemed like it was an interesting choice to have her say insurance company instead of just told everybody or told the cops. Right. Or right. made up a story. She very specifically says insurance company. I just thought it needed to bring to mind that she benefited out of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Uh, Then she says she shouldn't have told him. She starts freaking out and tells him he needs to promise her he will forget everything she just said. He says he promises. She says she doesn't even know why she came there. She's so drunk and he can't believe anything she said and she goes to leave. He chases after her and grabs her on the porch and hugs her and she cries. He picks her up and puts her in his bed. He tells her she's been carrying around that burden alone a long time. She thinks him, then kisses him. He stops it and says she needs him more as a therapist. So you kind of seemed like a good guy for a second there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He even stopped her again. I know. She kisses him again, and he says he could lose his license. Then they kiss some more. So he is just weak. Yes. He is, because if you really feel that way, you don't just stop her and stay where you are. You, you stop her and you stand up. You stand up and, like, walk away a few feet so you're not within yeah. kissing closeness, you know? Right. So, I think he was, yeah. This isn't going to turn out good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think Professor Boring, he's got maybe one episode left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, however, believe that he's going to um, extort her. I I don't see. I don't think he has. He that doesn't in seem like that kind of guy. I mean, all in all, he does seem like a pretty good guy. Yeah. He's so little, I don't know. I'm a little. I'm not really against him. No, I. I I think Norman's going to kill him. So maybe, maybe the Paris guy is going to kill him or the 
Paris guy is going to kill him. I, I just I don't think he's going to live. Maybe Romero will kill him out of jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like Romero's style. <laughs> he seems like the type that lets her go through, get her yayas out, and he'll just patiently wait. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, by the way, that scene where she figures out what she just did by telling him about what Norman did, uh-huh. that is her Emmy moment. I rewound it and watched it again because her acting there is so good on such a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was so believable and exactly how you would act. And it, you know how I make one of my biggest acting complaints is that people look like they're acting. Right. Even in like, even good actors. She nailed it. She did not look like she was acting. It was so believable. It was amazing. It was great. I loved how when she kind of starts freaking out that she, you know, told him, she like grabs him. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, promise me, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Every single point that she hit was so, it was just so good. And it did not look like acting. It was it was amazing. And like we set ourselves up for disappointment all the time with these Emmys, <laughs> knowing she deserves it. Right. And we'll probably be disappointed again. But probably. this is she should be recognized. She really deserves it. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty powerful. And if any of the freaking Downton Abbey people. Get an Emmy or even a nomination over her, I'll be pissed. Uh, if Michelle Dockery gets one again for her, oh, yes, that made me so mad. That made me mad too, and I even like Michelle Dockery, and I like Downton Abbey, and I like her acting just fine. But absolutely, but her character is so. Mary does not have the complexities that Norma Bates oh. has at all. She is a rich Edwardian bitch, <laughs> you know, yep. and she plays it well, and but that's all she is. Yeah. There's nothing else. She plays else. it cold. Oh, yep. that's so hard. Yeah. Exactly. She's so one note, and Norma Bates is all over the place, and <laughs> Vera hits it every time. <laughs> she is totally acting the crap out of this character that's so complex. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it just goes to show you how who cares about the award shows because seriously, yeah, it's, they don't know what they're doing. It's bribes and stuff. It's gotta yeah. be. There's no other explanation. Okay, oh. Emmy rant over. <laughs> 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 um, okay. <clears throat> Next, we see Dylan sleeping in the Bates' living room. There is some noise in the kitchen, and he wakes up. He walks into the kitchen, and Norman is in there wearing Norma's robe, and he's getting something out of the cupboard. Dylan asks what he is doing, and Norman says, Sit down, honey. I'm just making some breakfast. French toast. Dylan says, Are you feeling better? Norman says, I'm fine. I've got some beautiful blackberries yesterday. Can you get them out of the fridge? (laughs) This whole time, Norman is putting things on the table and going to the stove. Dylan says, Norman? Norman says, Norman's sleeping. Give me the blackberries, or they are at the bottom shelf. Dylan says, okay, and gets the blackberries and hands them to Norman. (laughs) Dylan asks if he can help. Norman says, no, I'm fine. Go wake up your brother so he can eat. And then Norman eats a blackberry. 
I just love how he pops that blackberry in his mouth. <laughs> Norma totally would have done that. <laughs> Dylan says, my brother. Norman puts his hands on his hips and says, yes, silly, what's wrong with you? Dylan says, nothing is wrong. <laughs> that was the best line of the night. <laughs> Dylan's like, nothing's wrong with me. With me. <laughs> <laughs> Out of a lot of good lines. <laughs> Norman says, then get upstairs. You know how Norman is. He'll sleep all morning if we don't wake him up. Norman goes back to the stove and Dylan just stands there. <laughs> and wow. So Norman has had quite the night. <laughs> He's been very busy. He's been busy. <laughs> so there really are blackberries. What? <laughs> yeah, he must have known that Norma got blackberries. I guess. Yeah, he must have, you know. It just, it really, for some reason, it like shocked me that there were blackberries in the fridge. <laughs> Which would probably shocked Dylan a little bit, too. Probably. <laughs> How He's long like, has this been going on? <laughs> what the F? <laughs> oh, and Freddie Highmore did so great. I mean, just like becoming like his version of Norma. That's that's what I liked about it is he had a lot of her little mannerisms and just how she's Norma's just one of those persons. She's not delicate, you know. When she puts right. a pan on the stove, she puts the pan on the stove, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when when she puts syrup on the table, she puts syrup on the table, you know. It's always so deliberate. She's very, you know. And, and she talks in a way that everything's fine and yep. she kind of forces that everything's fine by her actions and yep, exactly. very pointedly in her language and her body language and he nailed that too. He did. He did. He has been studying her. It's yeah and I just like how it wasn't too like over the top. You no, know? it wasn't. It was subtle but there you know what he was doing there's no doubt. <laughs> you know that's <laughs> where being asked what's wrong with you by your brother who thinks he's your mom is just the best <laughs> what's wrong with you silly <laughs> nothing's wrong with me <laughs> how did Dylan just not freak out like try and shake him awake or something I mean I don't know he played it so cool he did exactly what Norman needed him to do and just played along. You know? So, okay. Is the point where Dylan realizes <laughs> that Norman is Norma when he finally says, Norman? And Norman says, Norman's sleeping. I think is so. Is that the point? Because it seems like, yeah, it must be. I mean... He's just taking in the whole scene for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then finally he's like, Norman? <laughs> I love how he does that. <laughs> I gotta watch the scene again. I know, it's so great. And I just, yeah, because 
that's got to be where it just hits them. I mean, you would think just walking in and seeing him wearing Norma's robe, but I don't know. And then I think he just needs the extra confirmation. Confirmation. Because <laughs> he, like, he, he asks, you know, it says right here, after he eats a blackberry, he's like, my brother. <laughs> he's still, his brain's going. Look at this, look at this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's still working through it. <laughs> He's totally working through it. I mean, yeah. How shocked would you be? Your brain's got to be just like going all over the place. And personally, I love that the first thing we see Norman wear of Norma's is just a bathrobe, you know? Yes. I'm really glad Subtle. it wasn't like the blue dress, the blue and white dress or something. Me too. I I want to see that, but I'm really oh, yeah. glad that this is like a progression. Again, front row seat. But... <laughs> With popcorn. <laughs> and M&M's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so can we um, can we put some blame on Emma for putting him in Norma's room? <laughs> Maybe a little, <laughs> but I think her intentions were sincere. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but how much do you think that helped it along, him waking up in her bed? I, that's a really good point. The second she said it, and I tweeted it live while I was watching, I'm like, uh, Emma. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I don't remember what I said. What did I say? That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. that... Uh, Is that the best idea, Emma? (laughs) 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 But yeah, I think that might have hurried things along. I don't know. You just you think of it. I thought he wakes up in his mom's bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that wasn't a mistake. That was not a coincidence. No, you're right. Just found that interesting and wondering how, I mean, it was going there inevitably, but how did she help it along? I think it hurried it along. I really do now. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wakes up in Norma's room and he's Norma and he grabs his robe like she would, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm really glad, because Emma is still there, so we could assume she's like upstairs sleeping in Norman's bed or something. Yeah, something. Um, Unless she's a deeper sleeper and she's sleeping on the couch by Dylan. If I was Emma, I would have slept in the same room as Dylan. I I would not be going off in my own room in the house for that night. (laughs) But no, I looked because I was wondering that too. And I kind of rewound it to the shot where we see um, Dylan sleeping in the living room on a chair. She's nowhere near. She's She's not in the room. Maybe... They fell asleep in the same room, and he got up and was restless and then fell asleep eventually. Right, right. Um, He probably went downstairs in case Norma came home. He wanted to say, hey, Norman's freaking out, you know. Mm, Yeah. But uh, I'm just really glad that they didn't have Emma come in on this scene and see see this. I'm really glad it was just between the two brothers. Absolutely. Because I think that would have 
I think Emma would have ruined it. Totally. You know. Oh yeah, this was great the way they did that. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I love it. There's still like two and a half seasons left. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I know. I love the show so much. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> okay. Um, so next it's an outside shot of Emma's bug in the house. It says it's 7.15 a.m. Next we see Norman sleeping in Norma's bed and Emma is there playing with his hair. Dylan comes in and says he's still sleeping. Emma says she hopes he had a peaceful night. She says she is going to go home and shower. Dylan thanks her for staying. Dylan goes to the bed and sits down, then lies down next to Norman. So, I guess what they're saying is that after this breakfast scene, Dylan, like, walks Norman back up to Norma's room, and he falls back asleep. Yes, and he kind of keeps it all from Emma. <laughs> He's like, I'm not ready to share that yet. <laughs> that was just, yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, because this breakfast scene just happened like in the middle of the night because I, I rewound it. They didn't put a timestamp on it. I didn't see one. So. Yeah. Because um, I'm just wondering if some people are going to think if that was just another hallucination of Norman's. No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No way. It happened. <laughs> it happened, people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no doubt. Yep. Okay. So next we see Norma getting dressed. The professor wakes up and she says she has to go home. He tells her to stop. He says she is in a fragile state and needs to stop worrying about everyone else. And she needs to take care of herself. She says, I hear you, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't take care of myself. I'm a mother. And now she has to go talk to her horrible brother and she has no choice because it's important to her sons. He says, what about your own needs? She says, parents do not have needs. Have you ever read that book, The Giving Tree? It's about a tree and this kid keeps coming and taking stuff from it its whole life until there's nothing left but a stump. And then the kid sits on the stump. That's being a parent. And she leaves. <laughs> that was so amazing. <laughs> and the kid sits on the stump. <laughs> In fact, Vera and Carrie had a discussion about The Giving Tree. And... Mm-hmm. Vera feels the same way that Norma does about the giving tree. She's like, no offense to Shel Silverstein, but. <laughs> I read that. You posted it on the Facebook oh. page. Oh, oh, was, oh, that was not tweets. That was the uh, article. That was the okay. article where uh, yeah. Vera and Carrie interview each other. Yeah, we had no idea that at that point that the giving tree was in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree, though. I hated that book when I was a kid. I did it too. It made me so sad. It really disturbed me and made me sad. It, it was very disturbing. I And it made me really hate that kid. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh yeah. If it oh, I remember just bawling when mom would read that book. I hated that book. Yeah. I felt so sorry for the tree. 
So I agree with you, Norma. I mean, I, I just think that's a pretty interesting analogy, though. Really awesome. And um, so, Professor Boring, um, if she's in a fragile state, <laughs> maybe you should take a look at your actions. <laughs> yes. Maybe sleeping with her wasn't such a great idea. Maybe you deserve to lose your license. Yes. Or your life. <laughs> <laughs> we have a feeling that the loss of your license will be the least of your worries. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> I like how she just woke up Norma again. I do well, too. I love it. Yep. She did what we said. She needed... <laughs> She, she got needed her, some Norma time. <laughs> as our mom would say, she got her yayas out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next we see Caleb staring at a lake. Chip, Chip. Oh, spell check. I, that must have been spell check. It's because <laughs> it says it again. I didn't even notice it was changing oh. it. <laughs> Chick walks up and says, "Good morning." He asks Caleb what happened. Caleb just looks at him and Chick says, yeah, okay, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> I just wanted to give you another shot at the driving gig. Has it been long enough? He gave him like a week, didn't he? Seems yeah, like it mean, hasn't been very long. <clears throat> anyway. Well, he says I'll give you to the end of the week. We don't know what day it was. Uh, it could have been like Wednesday. True. You know. Chick starts to walk away. Caleb asks when it's happening. Chick stops and says, a couple of days. Does that work for you? Caleb says, maybe, yeah. Then Caleb asks, what is it exactly, this driving? Chick says he doesn't need to worry about that. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> when he needs to know, he'll he'll tell him, and he walks away. So that was mysterious, even for Chick. I know, I know. But Chick Wouldn't you, if you're going to agree to... A dangerous job, maybe. <laughs> you do need a few details. Yeah, but I also think, I don't know, if you do that kind of stuff, it probably is like on a need-to-know basis. That's that's probably kind of... Yeah, I suppose you're kind right. Kind of a normal thing, you know? Yeah. So... It made Chick look pretty uh, formidable. You know, sometimes he just has this flash. I mean, 90% of the time he just seems crazy pants, but that other 10%, there is a smart, calculating man in there, you know? There is. That's I A know. professional that knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I I really think that Chick is like one of those weird genius guys, mm. you know? Mm. Just kind of weird, but really smart. I just get that from him. Um, and he also looked freshly showered in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it looks like he brushed his hair and everything. Um, but yeah, I think this will be interesting. I'm interested to see what's, cause something's going to go wrong <laughs> <laughs> with this. Right. And I still, I, I really, really, really hope we get a chicken Norma scene. Me too. Please make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Norma. She'd be awesome. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so. Oh, no, no, that's you. 
<laughs> so, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so next we see Dylan and Norman sleeping in Norma's bed, and she is standing in the doorway. She tells them to wake up. They wake up, and Norman says, Mother. <laughs> this time it wasn't Mother with a question mark. It was like, Mother. <laughs> like, <I'm> so relieved. <laughs> I know. It's always a question mark. <laughs> it's almost always a question mark. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> um, she says they have to go Norman asks where they are going And she says they are going to the farm to talk to their uncle Dylan says this may not be the best time <laughs> uh, Can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> he says you don't have to do it It was a bad idea She says it doesn't matter The damage is done They are going and she walks out they follow her, and Norman says, why are we doing this? And Norma says, because I said we were doing it. Dylan says, I don't want to go. <laughs> Norma says, well, neither do I, but I'm not going to be the mom that says I won't talk to your dad because I hate him because he raped me. <laughs> That's not what parents do, so get in the damn car. <laughs> Second best line of the night. <laughs> I don't want to be that mom either. <laughs> I won't talk to your dad because I hate him because he raped me. <laughs> I'm not going to be that kind of mom. <laughs> I just love how just blunt she is. She's still obviously quite pissed at them. <laughs> I know. And I love that. I love that she had her little night. She's back to being Norma, but she's not letting him off the hook. You know, I just love it. Um, she's not doing the everything's okay now. Let's let's be a happy family, you know. No, and I think her. Oh man, we can talk about it in a minute. Okay, we'll just talk about it in a minute. Okay. Um, she walks out the door, and Dylan and Norman look at each other. <laughs> it cuts to them going down the outside stairs. Norma gets into the Mustang. Norman asks Dylan, "Why does she have this car?" <laughs> Dylan says, "Don't ask any questions right now." <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's got like the best lines <laughs> I think in this little scene Dorman and Dylan <laughs> Dorman and Dylan <laughs> um, um, Norman and Dylan um, just like lost like 13 years of their life <laughs> I just picture them both like these little boys. I do too. <laughs> totally. Why does mom have that car? Don't ask any questions. It's like... I don't want to go. <laughs> like she's taking him to the dentist or something. <laughs> I just love that it's Dylan that says that. <laughs> Makes it ten times more awesome. It does. <laughs> oh. oh, Carrie Aaron, you wrote the best episode, man. You are great. Oh, your dialogue. Oh, okay. It cuts to them pulling up to the farm. Norma sits and breathes for a minute and then walks up to Caleb's van. He walks out, and they stare at each other. Norma almost starts to cry and starts to walk away. Caleb goes after her and grabs her and says, Norma, Louise, I'm so sorry. 
He starts crying and apologizing a few more times, then drops to his knees and hugs her legs, crying and apologizing. She starts crying and drops to her knees and then grabs his face and hugs him, and they hug and cry while Dylan and Norman look on, and Norman doesn't look too happy. Cuts back to Norma and Caleb hugging in a motorboat fashion. <laughs> I had to put that in there. <laughs> okay, so I don't think anyone was more surprised than Norma at her reaction to Caleb. Oh, totally. I love that. Yep. I loved it. I loved this scene. It, yeah. It surprised everybody, but I don't. Oh, I just loved how surprised I think Norma was at it and how cathartic I could really be. I mean, when you think of Norma and what shaped her, I think this Caleb, whatever happened between those two was probably the biggest. I think so. Absolutely. And what the ramifications of this, I mean, she obvious, oh, everything came back. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've believed that what he said is what really happened and that they really were close and, you know, flowers in the attic. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I I think it's really significant that when she is in the motel room, the flashback she has is to when they're really young and I think before any of the incest stuff yes. happened. And I think, I think it just says a lot that that's what she flashes back to is when he was protecting her when he's like yes and all of a sudden pass out and he puts his arm around her you know i think for the first time since whatever horrible thing happened the first time she thought of him as that brother that she leaned on and mm-hmm. they had a mutual relationship the first time that she looked at him that way or thought of him that way right since then right because probably Every memory before has always been the bad stuff. And right. she's remembering like when he was doing what a brother should do and protect his little sister or older sister. Who's the old is, is he the older one? Yeah. He he's older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that was really significant that memory. And I think that's what helped her forgive him here is that she finally is remembering that there was a time when he wasn't such a bad guy. Yeah. And to be honest, his side got to me a little bit. I believe every apology was heartfelt and he really is sorry. But, you know, whatever's behind it, mm-hmm. I think I think he's got some mental problems. I think so. No, I agree. I And so I got, you know, I I'm not think... excusing him for anything, but it got to me a little bit. I didn't I'm not Mama Baron Caleb, don't worry. Oh, please don't. Nope. I... <laughs> I'm not on the huge train that he's got some alter alternative, you know, con or something right. going on. But I think he is. Caleb is Caleb. He's going to mess up. Yeah. And he's going to do something stupid. This. This was a sweet scene, but I don't think it's going to last long. He's he's. Oh, no. You know. No, it'd be really lame and it would it'd be a terrible service to. I mean, this kind of relationship and everything, if everything's okay at this point. Exactly. But I think it's okay to feel for him a little bit. He's been damaged, too. He has. He's been damaged. He was raised in a very abusive household and was kind of, I mean, 
the bad things he did. Uh, you know, it it's definitely is obviously a product of just mixed feelings and just the horrible situation they were in. He's a product of that, and right. what he did on an extent is it's it's a very complicated situation. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yeah. Yeah, um, it would do a disservice to have everything be okay, because then that's like them saying that it's okay what he did. <laughs> yeah, they're not going. I, no, they're I not going to do that. Second, they will. But it's you know, yeah, it's interesting to have very many mixed feelings, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very interesting. <laughs> it is. Did you have anything else to say, or I think we talked no. it out? I think we talked it out. Okay. It was awesome. It was. This I give it ten out of ten blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got no problem giving this a ten. Oh yeah. And I want to say how pleased I am. Again, I've said this before, but again, as they are doing such a service to the story of Psycho and what they're doing. It could have easily been terrible yep and cheesy but they should be proud of themselves of what an awesome you know i think alfred hitchcock would enjoy this you know yeah yeah i they are doing such a great job because you're right it could have been really really horrible and instead you know they're showing us a pretty realistic story of how norman bates is the way he is in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. like and it's just one of good. It's most, so good. I mean, I would say that Norman Bates is one of the most like iconic movie characters in history. You know, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, so, Psycho the movie is, yeah, iconic. So many things about it are iconic, and Norman Bates is right there. You know, shower scenes and all of that, and Mother, and yeah, mm-hmm. and so to just tell the story the way they are and doing it so well and so interesting and just making us love all of them so much the way we do, you know? Yeah. I mean, even Norman, we've said it before. You just, you love Norman. I mean, not, is it Becca that doesn't, but (laughs) one, but the people that belong to the, I hate Norman club, (laughs) (laughs) which I get, he is a little creepy, but I just find it fascinating. And I think that's a small club. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I I've had my moments with him. He pissed sure. me off a few episodes ago, but oh sure, that whole making Norma jealous was oh, right. just awful. But anyway, they're I'm just so pleased. I am too. Because this is a story I've always loved. I remember renting this. I remember renting Psycho for a Halloween party when I was like 11. Right, right. I've always loved the story. It's, I'm pretty sure it's the very first horror movie I ever saw. I remember seeing it, I was probably nine or so. I was pretty young the first time I saw it, too. Yep. And I've just always loved it. So. so, just from a fan, they're just doing a great job. They are. It's such a great job. I imagine you give this a 10 out of 10. Oh, yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10 blackberries. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a what the bip? There's like the whole episode. (laughs) I know. 
Um, no, my what the bip is Romero in a great way, in the best way possible. You can say what the bip out yep. loud and scream it. It's the garage scene with Romero and Marcus. That yep. was amazing. I have that written down, and then I have the whole hallucination with Juno and stuff. Mm. Is pretty what the bippy. Yeah, we could go on about what the bips all day on this one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeti jacket with the bip. <laughs> Which we mentioned in an earlier podcast. We were like, oh, where did she get that thing? <laughs> it's so funny it didn't occur to us that she'd go on a weird shopping spree. <laughs> I know. I was like, she must have just owned it and packed it. <laughs> we just... That Norma Bates, I just love her. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. So. So, yeah. Um, If you want to send us feedback, it's yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, Yes Mother. I think I do want to start a thread and get people talking about that scene with Juno. I'm really... Yeah, we're especially right now talking to the pundits and the, and the intellectuals. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell yep. us, please. <laughs> yep, because that, that was just amazing, and I want to know what other people think. So, so yeah, are we going to do a little spoiler? Did you watch the next? You know what? I'm down with just no spoiler section this time. Do you have anything? I watched the pre- the next on, and it it's really not that interesting. Yeah, I watched it too, and I'm just like, I just don't have any thoughts. I really don't. Only I, I one tiny one, but I find I can... the title of the next episode interesting. What's the title? The Last Supper. Oh, that's right. So interesting I've... connotations there. Yes. So So yeah, I'm I'm cool cuz yeah, the pre, the next on wasn't as like action packed as the one for this one. So No, I'd only have one thing I want to say and it's not worth doing a spoiler section on. Okay. And I'll just cut this out. Okay, so we might as well keep that. We'll do this. Okay, so at the end there's going to be a Spoiler. 30 second spoiler section <laughs> after the music. <laughs> okay, well, All right. thanks for listening. And until next time, chill your own ass. It's not weird. <laughs> Goodbye. I almost said, Welcome to Bates Motel. What are we called? Mm. Oh, yeah, yes, mother. I'm like, What are we called? <laughs> Oh, geez. I think we're in for a ride. (laughs) It's like coffee and cold medicine. (laughs) Oranges and yogurt over here and water (laughs) and granola. I have a lot of food. A little banquet over there. It's a couple scoops of yogurt with just granola, gotcha. you know, sprinkled on top, and then a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like...
Oh, that just sounds like a scout snack to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so excited. You so did you watch Olive Cheeks? I just want to talk about it right now. I totally did. I want to. Want, I want to talk about everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know we do. <laughs> Eight o'clock at night. We're still podcasting. <laughs> Cam, shh, go make dinner. <laughs> but I don't know. Your music library is a lot bigger than mine. Mine's like you're gonna be like the Beatles, David Byrne, or the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Well, that's how I feel most of the time. I'm like, it's either going to, you know, you have a good chance it's going to be Radiohead or Pixies or Arcade Fire. Right. <laughs> I'm more, or I might send you a White Stripes, but you use them quite a bit too. Right, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to throw a specials song, we've got all of the specials, so... Well, I'm not that familiar with them, so if you think of a special song that works well... Well, they've used them twice in the show now, so right. I, if they do it again, I can send you that song if you want to just use that. And you know, they've only got four episodes for this season's Radiohead song. <laughs> they need to get on that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. <laughs> that's something that you tweet to, like, Carrie. So when are you going to... Is the Radiohead song coming up? Because I'm dying. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, they wouldn't know what hit them if Yes Mother asked their questions. Yeah.
but it's um, like it looks like Romero leaves the Marcus's body with a note in his car. Yeah, I <laughs> like saw that. Paris. Yep. Yep. I saw Love that. that. Yep. So I like that Marcus doesn't just disappear. He's <laughs> his body is used as a. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> you can shoot me, and I will come out with my IV <laughs> and kill this guy. <laughs> oh, I love it. 